So here we are. It's Mr. Lowndes and Aaron for our Lions recap show. We have a guest with us today, Mr. Marski. Welcome to the show. I'm glad to be here. This is a great opportunity. I love talking sports. All right. So, Aaron, we always start our recap show by just starting with a what did you like about the Lions most recent game? We're going to get set up with the technical components here. Pause for commercial break. This show is brought to you by um, water. <laughs> okay. so is, it, is it working? Here we is go. We've got the audio check is on. So, All right. well, thanks, Mom. What did you like about the game on Sunday? Well, we used our bye week to our advantage, so, and we actually looked like a team that wanted to play football for the first time this season. Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, oh, sorry, Mr. Lowndes. I was just going to say, out of all the performances, I think they really benefited from that week off, and hopefully this carries them in. You know, we talked yesterday about the stretch coming up. That's uh it's a great opportunity for Lions to make some moves in the division, and I don't think this division is set by no means with the Bears being in first place. Yes, I, there was a headline I read the other day that was playoff possibility for the Lions? Question mark, question mark. Question mark. Yeah, there's a lot of question marks about that, but I think if we can figure those out, here we go. All right, so after our after our what did we like, we always uh, look at the other end of that spectrum and go, what is something you were not pleased with or you would like cleaned up from that game? Well, I could say penalties when we're getting near the – when we're ready to go score a touchdown and then, oops, here comes a penalty to take us right out of it. And then right when we're about to kick a field goal, here comes a penalty to take us right out of it. And we made some of those mistakes again on Sunday, but not a lot that we, our first penalty didn't come until the second quarter, which I was happy to see that. But still penalties that could have resulted in points, the penalties took that away from us. Now, Aaron, as a lifelong Lions fan, I have always felt that um, the the a number and amount of, of and severity of penalties has always been a very lion-like quality. Who do you attribute or blame for the penalties that the Lions always get? Do you think that's that's the players? Do you think that's something from the coaching staff that's allowing that to continue, the lack of I, I think everybody – could do something to change that. I think it's everybody around the team, not just the coaches, the players, but everybody on that respective team. So kind of a culture thing. It's it's something yeah. that's kind of ingrained that they just don't want. Like it's just something that keeps happening. And, and that is a big stumbling block for the Lions. If they could get overcome that, I think every team will blame penalties for losses. But like you say, in – you know, you don't always have those opportunities against teams like Jacksonville where a penalty, like, you know, getting losing a field goal or losing a touchdown isn't going to come back and, and get you in the end because you're, 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 
you know, points are at a premium when you go up against a team like the Packers in the in the coming weeks and or a few weeks ago for the Lions in that case. You know, you want to have a clean game. And I think they said penalties are even down in the NFL this year. They're not calling as many penalties because they they're trying to they're trying to be consistent and they're trying to speed up the the pace of the game just because they notice that the game is slowing down, especially with replays and everything like that. God. Yeah, I can see that. That's something that, you know, you can do a little less of, but if you think there's a need to throw the flag, then do it. Just because you don't like that the pace is slowing down, throw the flag. If you think it needs to be a flag, throw it. Just don't yeah. hold it. Yeah. Because it can cost teams the game. Like, now we're going to start talking about games from the past like the pass interference call it should have been called and wasn't against the 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 rams and the saints yeah that one yeah we're bringing we're bringing up old old dirty laundry you know and and you know the thing is is that you hope one player one penalty won't cost you a game but that's a great example of how this the whole thing swung on one play it's all about the time but you know as as like you say, as a coach, you know, something I've done in the past, you know, it, it, that looks a lot more, it, it, it appears a lot bigger, but if that would have happened in the third quarter or the fourth quarter and they or sorry, in the third quarter, the second quarter, and it costs them an opportunity to score a field goal, then, you know, people are going to forget about it. it was the time. It was the place. It was the situation being at the end of the game. And it's a one score game. Um, and right before the, you know, it's the NFC championship, you know, they talk about that a lot as far as because I, I think of the you know the Thursday night game with the Bears and the the Bucks. The Bears may have won, but you know, you know there was a play down the sideline where the guy got an interception. He pretty much just manhandled Allen Robinson, and they called you know they didn't call anything. They just let him play, and you know it could have cost the game. You know, I'm I'm using my Bears bias, but you know those penalties happen from time to time. You see it, and it does seem like it picks on the lines a little bit more than other teams, um, but. Uh, hey, you know, I'm going to tell you something that I liked. I liked how the the rookie running back Swift went over 100 yards uh, on uh, on Sunday. That was impressive to see somebody that's the young the young running back, their draft pick, you know, carrying the load like he did, not having to rely on Adrian Peterson because I'm sure he needed a, some time off just because he's been carrying the ball so much. Um, that really helped the Lions out. I think Mr. Marski is reading ahead in the script because that oh. brings us to our next segment which is player of the game. Let's see uh, if oh. now, now I, our, our, our viewers will know that Aaron has uh, kind of hopped off the DeAndre Swift train based on um, maybe, you know, an unfortunate play earlier in the season. So has he, has DeAndre, two questions, your player of the game, and secondly, has DeAndre Swift redeemed himself in Mr. Aaron's eyes? Yes, he has, and guess what? He is also deserving of the player of the game. All he, right. He has redeemed himself big time, and he deserves the player of the game. So that's where we're going with it today. Certainly earned. I'm sorry I stole your thunder, Aaron. <laughs> I am. I apologize. I thought you were going to go with Stafford. 
Well, I wasn't sure. I thought maybe you would go with Stafford, seeing as since he threw the touchdown, uh, had a touchdown pass against the Jags. He now has a touchdown against a touchdown against all team. 30 NFL teams That's besides all, the Lions. Except yeah, the Lions, except for, I mean, can't we consider some of his interceptions, pick sixes <laughs> as touchdowns thrown against the Lions? I mean, that should count. I, I, I would I would go with that one. I, I I'd have to agree. I think I like that. Uh, all thirty teams. He's throwing a touchdown against every, th- <laughs> including his own. Yeah, I I have to say that's a. It's a I didn't even realize that. That's awesome. It talks about the longevity of Matthew Stafford, and like I say, he is definitely an underappreciated quarterback in the league. Um, I know I heard rumors just because of the start that possibly the Cowboys might try to put a deal together to get him, but I think the Cowboys are going to take this season for what it is yeah. what it is is the fact that they're still leading the division and they have two they wins. only have two wins <laughs> just just think about the nfc east oh, that the man. winner of the winner of the eagles giants game is going to be tied for first place in <laughs> the NFC east with two wins Redskins and and they're they're not even the worst teams in the NFL. You've got uh, who still doesn't have a win? What team? I'm just, was it? Um, is there a winless team still? Oh, is it the Jets? The Jets, yeah, the Jets. The Jets still. Uh, so we we have we have that to 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 think about. Thanks. I was before you got in here, and I was talking to Mr. Lowndes about how this is the first time in NFL history that into Week Seven they have ten teams that have one or zero wins, you know, one or fewer wins in NFL history. Like this has never happened. And I was trying to go through all the teams in my head this morning on my drive in. And that's, that's crazy to think. And the lions aren't one of them. (laughs) Kudos. So so next segment, Aaron is play of the game. Was there one play that really stuck out to you as a defining moment? Do you want me to sing one defining moment for the viewers? No. Okay. Wait for the wait for April. That's an NCAA the, tournament show. Yes, it is. <laughs> but I think it was when the Lions were playing defense, actually, and it and they had gotten an interception, and that's when I thought, all right, here we go. This is where we. This is where we continue to, and that's when I figured they've got it. This is they seal the victory. This is where they start winning, and they ended up starting to win after that. Mm. Oh, okay. What what point of the game are you talking about? The very beginning when they. When they, uh, yeah, the very beginning. Okay, kind of a turning point in the momentum there that they took and and ran with it, or yes, at least, at least Swift ran with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at, at least we have running backs that we can count on now, because Mr. Marsky can nullify this. That the Lions have not had any running backs that they could count on, because. They've just been so, I don't want to say awful, but we couldn't use them because they, because they were just not 
running the ball like they should be and then they go somewhere else and they end up figuring out how to run the football again the way they should well you know then, you know as a, as a as a fan of a team that's having trouble running the football like the bears i think a lot of people don't think about the, like, the schemes the things that you have to do to run the ball well and and Lions have really fortified their offensive line. I know it's not perfect. It's not great. Um, but the tight ends they have can block. They can do a lot of different things. Uh, but I think we don't think about the schemes in which the NFL – it isn't just like opening a hole like we think of high school, you know, run through the, the, the one gap and, you know, pull your guard. You know, there's so much more into it because, you know, you're, you're trying to push around 350-pound men um, you know, and, and, and so there's a lot more to it than simply blaming the running back. You say, or a running back all of a sudden figures it out when he leaves. I think it has a lot to do with the way the offensive coaches draw those things up. And I think they benefited this week. I think that I think they had some time to think things through, um, get their line healthy. Um, I don't think they've had their full line yet this season. So that's that's a positive thing. And you know, Comer, you know, running is the running game is something that Matthew Stafford really needs to really mm-hmm. do the things that he does well. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's turn our attention ahead to next week then, Aaron. Who do the Lions have next week and what is your prediction? So I believe it's Atlanta. If I, if I, Looked at that schedule of Marsky was shown to me yesterday correctly. I'm going to look it up right now to make sure. So they go, yep, they're at Atlanta. Okay. So at Atlanta. And what, uh, what, what do you think the outcome is going to be there? So if we play like we did the, the last game, I think we win. So I'm going to do 27-17 Detroit. Okay. I, and, and correct me if I was wrong, I, I'm going to have to look up our recording from last week. But what did you predict for, the, for this score this past week? I think, uh, you were, I think you were pretty close. I believe I was too. Yeah. I'll have, to, I'll have to dig back through that recording. But you were, you were awfully close with your score prediction from last week. I'll have to find out what that is. You're going to be, you know, you're going to have a job coming up yeah. with these uh, predictions. You, you know, Aaron, you know, I, I really want you, I know when we, we come back in person in some way, shape, or form, I might have to do this, but I think you, what you should do is I watched David Ortiz do this on the uh, MLB, uh, the a, you know, NL championship uh, game. He puts his prediction in an envelope and then seals it and gives it to somebody else to see if he's right. You know, was he right on his predictions? I think that's something we need to start thinking about doing for you. Like put your predictions in an envelope and we'll see after the game um, how you did. Uh, but we got it on tape. We got you now. So it's, yeah. it's okay. There's but no denying that's your prediction. It'll be a fun way to change up the format. So, all right, Aaron, this was, this was fun. Thank you, Mr. Marsky for joining us today. Um, you are are welcome to co-host the show with us anytime. Yeah, we got. What have you done your MSU football, the Big Ten football preview yet? Oh, we we have not done that. Well, Let's do it right now. It seems how we're all here together. 
I can't do that right now. <laughs> nice I try. Got to get going here too, but you can you can throw out a prediction for the Rutgers MSU game this Saturday. You can tack that onto our show. Okay. At home, no crowd. Y- yes, I. Mel Tucker's first that. game. Relentless. New coach at new new coach at Rutgers. Do they have a coach at Rutgers? I have no idea. Yeah, he was there before. It's. Uh, I thought they have a new. I thought they fired the guy. Let's go. Okay. Here, All right. We're team. getting sidetracked. Aaron, what's your prediction? Forty-one to twenty. Here we go. Forty-one to twenty. Michigan State. All right. Well, it's it's it's, it's Graciano's back. Yeah. That's, That's what I'm afraid of losing this game because he's back and he knows exactly what to do with this team that he's coaching with, and that's what I'm very what afraid of. Greg Schiano's coaching Rutgers. I didn't know he was with Kansas. See, I knew he was somewhere. I guess they have a bunch well, of Big Ten transfers. We are, we are oh, yeah. up against a commercial break here. Yes. So this is Mr. Lowndes with Mr. Marski and Aaron. For our Lions recap, go Lions and go Green. Go White. And Mr. Marski gives us a thumbs up. I'm just giving you a thumbs up. (laughs) Thanks, everyone. Bye.